You ready to roll? Ready to roll. We're back, and uh, Drake is finally returned from the Mexican border. I haven't been quite on the Mexican border, yeah, but well, we're close. You close know. enough. You don't want to get too close. Yeah. They might grab you and pull you over. I saw a bunch of people where, like, they see immigration on a daily basis and immigrants. and Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sweet. I think everything south of Tucson is, like, there's potential for that stuff for mm-hmm. sure. So it's kind of scary and not really – I don't know. You're not – not really sure if you should be scared or not. If, if be, they're running drugs, then you should be scared. But if they're yeah. just immigrants, like probably not a scary thing for a hunter to run into. But that'd be so dope to shoot a mule deer, a coos deer, right by the wall. Yeah. Is there Those even a wall? Some sick trophy picks somewhere down there. There is. Yeah. 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 That's where I should have been hunting, and then you wouldn't have to worry about. I don't that. know. There's got to be some wall in Arizona somewhere. That's kind of sad that I don't know that. Yeah. Same. Yeah, I was talking about the wall for years. I don't know where the wall is. Yes, jeez, unreal. But it'd be cool. It would be cool. (laughs) (laughs) So you were there to hunt mule deer. Yeah, I went down for six weeks. My girlfriend Karen and I went down, and we hunted deer for about three weeks. Vlogged the living heck out of it, and then um, my parents actually live kind of right outside of Phoenix. So mm-hmm. went down there, spent Christmas with them and kind of bounced back and forth between, between their place and, and living out in the camper hunting deer. So nice. yeah, it was fun. How many vlogs did you shoot? Um, I think five, five, five. Yeah. Yeah. A couple, well, one of them just, it needs a little bit of a, needs a little wrap up piece, but we'll shoot that in Montana. So, so anyway, no, really cool. We shot three, three like hunting specific vlogs that are just like, or like adventure vlogs, I guess. Um, they're pretty cool. They turn out really good, so I'm excited nice. to share those. First one goes out on uh, Sunday, which is I think February seventh. So it's kind of crazy. Like on Instagram the other day, I posted just a bunch of random trail camera camera video clips. Mm-hmm. And there's one of these. It's it's like a 10 second clip. These bull elk are just they run in front of the camera and they're just trying to jump through the snowbank. Oh yeah. And they kind of get hung up at it, and there's like. 11 or 12 bowls. This is a pretty cool clip. Like that thing's got like 90,000 views. Yeah. And yet like, you know, like, like a vlog that you spend like 50 hours editing and like two weeks shooting and just so much time and effort, you know, you post that it's like thousand views. It's like, yeah. man, it, it's just, it's really but interesting. But that's the thing though, Drake, you can't get sucked into the views, man. You can't as no. much as weird as it is. It's like, Oh, the second that you're like all about views, the second you're not original anymore. Yeah. There's some there's some Yoda shit. Yoda shit. <laughs> Deep no, Yoda. I was thoughts. talking to Brett the other day about social media. And it's like, yeah, you should be conscious of like what's getting likes and what people are liking and, and not, but it's like, yeah, it's dumb. What gets views. But you gotta like be like, nah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like I'm working on this elk film and I was telling Sam, like, I'm just putting stuff in here that like people probably will skip. Yeah. I don't care because that's how I want to do it. You know what I mean? But back to the vlogging. What were the other two? Three are hunting ones. Three are hunting ones. What are the other ones? Something crazy. Um, <laughs> one's going to be pretty centric on like how to shoot a time lapse. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's like take. So every single night that we were camped out in, so we basically camped in my um, pop up camper. Like every single night, we shot a night time lapse. So there's like 15 different time lapses that we shot. So it's like, oh, this would be this is like a sweet opportunity to like share kind of how we how I shoot a time lapse and kind of what goes into my head in regards to doing that. So how come you haven't made a time lapse reel? Um, you gotta have a hundreds. I do. Yeah, I've probably got a probably have a 
200 time you lapses. Make a dope time lapse reel, dude. Could, like a yeah. 90 second hitter. Yeah, that, that, that's a good idea. That'd be an easy piece of content to make, in theory. Oh, dope. You always shot a People bunch of like that. Too. People like time lapse. They do like time lapses. So. Talking about getting views. Yeah. That will fill both boxes. Yeah. You'd be stoked <laughs> on it and it get views. Yeah. You should do that. A lot of a lot of the vlogs too. I mean, there's there's like I say, they're they're adventure based, and then there's lots of little tips and tactics, both on hunting as well as like photography stuff, as well as like different pieces of gear I'm using and why I love them. I, I try to not make it super gear heavy because like a lot. If you sit down and are gonna watch a ten minute piece on YouTube, you, th there are videos and pieces out there that are full on like gear breakdowns that you want to watch. But I I want to both entertain people as well as educate. Yeah. Um. So it's it's a lot of them are a mix of both, and like I try to make them pretty cinematic too. Yeah. So it's not like just guy talking mm -hmm. in the camera the whole time. It's for sure. hopefully a lot of cool clips that people enjoy. So I'm pretty stoked on them. The last one we just finished up editing. I think that was probably like that's like my favorite vlog, probably the best one I've ever ever made. There's also a uh, a musical uh, cameo by yours truly in there. Me? Yeah, me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about me. I was like, what? <laughs> you got close to me singing? <laughs> <laughs> no, there was, uh, the hunt was pretty slow for like four days. And so uh, Karen and I reworked a, a popular country song and I and I sang to oh, it. And, and, nice, dude. And, uh, yeah. It, it's pretty funny. So. That's sweet. I was actually, uh, I'm going to film some bear hunting this spring. I want to make like a dope five or six line rap about bear hunting. That's like actually good. <laughs> Are you going to be the one doing it? Yeah, I'm going to lay it down somewhere in the film. I don't know. Cool. All right. I feel like that's like, it'd be sweet. Got to have a little character. You need somebody in the background just like beatboxing. Yeah. I'll make Sam beatbox. Yeah. He'll be the one filming it, and I'll freaking lay down a quick rap. Then we'll hike in, freaking arrow bear. <laughs> that's the film. Nice. Not really, but. 15 seconds. Yeah. 10 seconds. Post it on TikTok. Know. Get all those views. All my future films are gonna be like two minutes. Yeah. Uh all right, I was gonna ask you a question though. Uh why do you vlog? Why do I vlog? Why do you vlog? Um Well, so it's I started multi part, like why did you start vlogging, but then also why do you currently today yep. vlog? Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna get at. So nice. yeah, so I started vlogging as a well, I guess kind of two parts. One, like a creative outlet for myself. Um, I've always loved doing video. Yeah. And um, it's just a fun thing to do in addition to photos. And a lot of a lot of times when you're out shooting photos, like you see some pretty wild, epic stuff. So it's fun to record that as well and put it into, you know, edit, in, in, edit it into a piece. Um, secondly, I wanted to like prove that I was able to do video mm -hmm. and which has like been awesome because I think as a result of like vlogging maybe two years, I've, I've gotten all sorts of film projects that I've done for, for like paying clients now. So yep. that I would say that's been a direct result of vlogging. Um, now, like it's, it's grown into more than just a creative outlet and more than just like showing like, Hey, I can do video. Now it's like kind of taking on a bit of a, you know, kind of its own, its own thing. And, um, yeah, I just I just want it to be a cool platform to like share both what I'm doing, share inspirational stuff, try to educate people, um, and you know, in the simplest way and shape and form to say it, it's like keep it inspirational and ed and educational, and hopefully like 
gain a huge following that it allows me to continue to do what I do, which is travel all around and yeah. go hunting and with epic people doing epic stuff. So I would like to expand it more than that. Cause like me hunting, like, at, you know, if I hunted six or half, half of the year, it's like, I don't, I don't personally get as much out of just me hunting. Yeah. Um, I would rather like tell other people's stories a little bit too. So like, I think long-term with the blog, it might turn into something that's more like, you know, here's, here's a really cool business owner or here's someone that that's an amazing at their craft and maybe this kind of outdoor circle that, that we run in and like tell yeah. their story Yeah, and just, yeah, just use it as a platform to tell cool inspirational stories on. For so. sure. Yeah. I was going to ask if you have thought about what it's like to vlog for the long-term period Yeah, because your life is so public. Yeah. 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 And you're typically a pretty private person. Yeah. It's like kind of kind of a contradiction. Totally. Do yeah. You think you'll ever get sick of people always knowing what you're up to and what you've been doing? I do. I'm like y'all don't need to know crap <laughs> about what I do unless I want to tell you. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Because I, I, I mean, I've been like when I did Montana Wild, it was a lot more day to day. Like people know your oh, yeah. Instagram stories and films. And yeah. Yeah. It's it is. Cool. It's tough at times. I mean, like a lot of times. Well, whatever people see you, they'll they'll reach out and say hey, which is which is great. But I'm super introverted. And I think with hunting, I think most hunters are pretty secretive about where they hunt. Mm. And so it's, you know, being in any public eye. I mean, h- half the time I'll post a video of an elk and somebody will be like, oh, my gosh, I saw that bull. And they'll send me a picture. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> or or I'll get people, like, reaching out like, like hey, like, like, I'm pretty sure I saw that bull. Like, wh- where was it? And they're, they're totally just oh, looking yeah. for me to be like, oh, really? Oh, he's right here. It's like, I'm not stupid. Yeah. Um, so that that part is tricky. It is like, you know, honestly having a following, it's like, you know, I, I don't do it for the likes, Yeah. <laughs> but like, it, it's cool to build a community per se sure. in social media because you, you do get inspired to do more stuff because of yeah. what other people are liking or saying or want to see more of for sure. So. so subscribe to his YouTube page, people. Yeah, subscribe to my YouTube. It'd be a huge help. So, but. Because they're about to censor Drake on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. have you thought about what if all of a sudden what if social media was gone what would you do if social media was gone uh i love working with my hands yeah yeah either woodworking or just like i don't know like working on the ranch or something like that i think would be yeah would be nice nice it's nice to see see the work that you've done heck yeah Um, become a logger and we'll see Freaking Drake the logger, you're gonna have to put some muscle on, dog. Yeah, I'm pretty. You will. Pretty slim. I weighed myself <laughs> right before I came over here. One thirty. <laughs> I know. I live with Simon, and uh, he's super skinny too. He's about to get on some freaking. He's gonna start jacking some weights. Yeah, the Bout and Tough program. You were Bout you were telling dog. me about that. Yeah, yeah. he's got to get on it. Dude, I strained my back, and freaking my back's just finally feeling better. It's annoying. Well, speaking even, of backs, I don't even know how I did it, but. Hmm. Two days after lifting heavy, it just hurt like hell and okay. didn't let up. Huh, it's but better now? Anyways, yeah. Oh, well. It feels better. I'm easing back into it. Uh, I'm, s- I'm sorry, Zach. Sorry yeah. to hear of your pain. Yeah. But how's your back? <laughs> <laughs> My back's actually been doing really good. Uh, a podcast we did, I don't know when that was. Oh, I remember. Months, yeah, we were talking ago. about your back. I was telling you you need to do some shit. <laughs> yeah, you were, yeah. yeah. So I, uh, one of the listeners reached out. Um What's his name? Yeah, uh, Drew Adams. I guess he's a physical therapist. But, oh, nice. Um, yeah, messaged me on Instagram, and he ended up um, sending me a 
a core strengthening program. It's, oh, it's pretty basic, but like yeah. been doing that quite a bit and it's awesome. Oh yeah. So it's like a big part of it. Like I was saying, is just like your, just muscle weakness. Yeah. Your body just can't support right. and like fit like the needs that you need. And then it's like, it just like, <laughs> Like, it's yeah. funny because like we live such <laughs> like i live such an active life but like i haven't done any core strengthening mm-hmm. stuff in like 10 years when i was yeah. ski racing and skiing a ton it was like yeah it was you're just always in a much more fit state but just hiking yeah it doesn't like i'm in amazing hiking shape but like other than yeah. that like don't have much core strength so yeah my body falls apart like my joints like my knees pop a bunch and like my joints don't feel as good for me, if I don't do some strength, like muscle strengthening, huh. I don't have to get like bodybuilder jacked, but like yeah. keeping stuff like tight and like my muscles working. Yeah. Yeah. But how sweet your back's feeling better. Yeah. So that was, I definitely want to continue to do this core stuff, just especially going into shed season right now. Like mm-hmm. every year, the last four years, my back's gone out in shed season. It's such yeah. a pain in the ass. You I mean, it's like a week I can't do anything. You should pick less sheds, man, and your back wouldn't. <laughs> well, it's, when, it's not even when I find the sheds. I'm just like, I just like get up in the, you know, in the morning. Yeah, for sure. It's lame, but huh. anyway, what have you been up to? Uh, just chilling. I got LASIK surgery. Oh, nice. Yeah. If you have, I told Drake this, you need to get LASIK. But if you're listening out there, that point was you should get LASIK too if you have contacts or glasses and you like to be outside a lot, just, huh. mm, yeah. What's well, your, what's your vision now? I guess 2020, 2020. Huh. Yeah. Uh, it's only been like a week and a half, uh, almost two weeks. Tomorrow will be two weeks. Literally the next day, my right eye was 2020. My left eye was a slightly blurrier and still is just barely like, but it's gotten better. Like you won't really know like your final, final, like vision from that surgery for i think it was like two to three months oh really huh yeah so like technically my eyes are still healing although i'm pretty much back to doing whatever yeah like the first week like literally the next day i was driving and can do whatever but the first week you can't like lift over 50 pounds or like you can't rub your eyes you know just trying to like be chill for a week which is easy this time here because i'm just editing and whatever yeah but yeah, now everything is good and that's sweet. It's weird. Like I feel like I have to take my contacts out, you know, at night and in the morning, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Such a habit. Eh? But it was so annoying last year because I would be glassing and like, I don't know if you ever get this. Do you hunt, hunt in your contacts a whole lot or your glasses more? Just my glasses. Yeah. I do the full on glass thing. Gotcha. I, I use the, my, when I'm hiking too hard, if I'm sweating so much that I'm fogging up my glasses, I know that's too hard and I need to slow down. Mm-hmm. So when I was hiking, when, yeah, you, when you and I were hunting last year, yeah. constantly we were hiking too fast. I was like, slow down, dude. <laughs> <laughs> my glasses are fogging. I had a, I had a, I had an advantage though. Cause I'd been mountain hunting and you had just been sitting on a beach in Alaska in the rain. So <laughs> I had a cold too. <laughs> yeah. It was probably COVID. <laughs> Could have been. Could have been. Yeah, probably not. I was sick last year, at the end of the year. Anyways, yeah, but LASIK was sweet. I was going to say, when I would look through a spotter for a long time, when I'd be closed, that contact would get kind of dry and, like, shift on my eye so that that vision wasn't clear. And uh, unless I had eye drops or something, it it could take, like, up to 15, 20 minutes for it to, like, kind of re-wet and, like, settle back to where, like, I'm full, like, clear vision. And it's like, 
okay, well, what if my right eye is all of a sudden blurry, like my dominant eye and a buck jumps up and I can't hardly see through my scope or my peep, peep, you know, it's like, or when you're hiking around and it's just like, you just want to be on your game and you're able to see to whatever your ability is all the time yeah, and not be like, oh, my contacts being weird. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But I wore, I had to wear glasses for like a whole week before the appointment and then before my surgery man dude that's like a safety hazard what's the reason for anything in your peripheral dude you're like peripherals (laughs) gone (laughs) it's like half tunnel vision straight ahead you know and then like my face just doesn't like glasses so it was constantly like sliding down my nose i'm constantly like doing this all day pushing my glasses up i was crabby huh cool Everyone's face is different. Yours probably just stick right there. Well, they definitely come down for Move sure. But yeah, I just I've worn glasses since I was probably twenty. For the last eleven years. Do you think? I, just, I don't know. What do you think? You, you know, think? it's like a couple of years ago. I I had a couple of buddies, or I was on a hunt with Cole Kramer in Alaska, and I'm pretty sure he had just gotten LASIK, and he mm-hmm. was like raving about it. He's like, "Oh, dude, you got to do it. You got to do it." And I'm just like, "Yeah." I don't know anything surgery related or doctor. I'm just like. Meh. <laughs> oh, dude, there's, there's, it's nothing. You're on the table for five minutes. Really? That's it. Just looking at flashing lights and stuff? And your eyes are like kind of a little stingy, like you have something kind of in them for like three hours, and then after that, it's like nothing. Huh. Yeah, it's crazy. Cool. It's like not even surgery. Wow. Like they shine some lasers at your eyeballs, and then you leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Anyways. they so apparently you need like three what what do they say you need three months until you can go do stuff hard again or what? Oh no, I can do stuff hard now. Gotcha. But they're saying like your vision could settle in or alter like if we wait a couple months before it's like that's what you got. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because gotcha. some people, some people will have their vision immediately like good like I did the next day, and some it might take up to like that first week. Oh okay, gotcha. Yeah. Huh. But cool. No, that'd be sweet. Yeah, I know. I mean, looking through a viewfinder on a camera with yeah. glasses is, is I, always I can't tough. Even, I can't even do it. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. always use the back screen. Thank goodness they're good nowadays. Yeah. It's only when the light's super harsh. That's the time I don't like to use a back screen. It's just mm. nice to kind of look yep, in a viewfinder. For sure. Yeah. Huh. Something to ponder. Something to ponder. Yeah, I've been pondering that one for a while, but... I just need to pull the plug, I think. Yep. I just like got on the website, the scheduled an appointment. I was like, I'm doing it. I'm not going to do it if I don't do this. So Glad I did. Uh, how's the pop-up camper? Is it still alive? Is it taking any damage? Any any damage on any of the hunts? Everything's still functioning good? Um, it's gotten a lot of, uh, well, they had a word for it in Arizona, but... Uh, Basically, just driving through too tight of roads and cactusy country, and just getting, mm. just getting all torn up on the sides. But <laughs> isn't the like canvas part underneath the topper? Yeah, yeah. no, it's it, the, the outsides. Is, it's all aluminum, so oh yeah, it's yeah. fine. But oh yeah, just has some, some nice street marks. Yeah, yeah some pinstripes. So yeah, it's just normal. Yeah, probably have that on your truck too. I very <laughs> the truck's actually slightly wider than the camper, so the truck's way worse. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I'm I'm in need of a new truck here before too long. I was that's I think it's my fourth year in a row going down to, to Arizona and yeah. with that four cylinder Tacoma and it's still kicking. I'm amazed, man. I keep I keep seeing it. My must still be working just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Space is the big thing, and 
you know, if you're doing a lot of photography, video, whatever based stuff out of your vehicle, like having yeah. extra space to like easily access everything is huge. And right now I just got a little tiny back seat. Yeah. In that Tacoma. And, and if you have a second person in there, it's so hard to like, you know, like we've been doing a lot of these anyone's hunt projects and uh, mm -hmm. driving down sometimes two, sometimes even three people jamming the Tacoma. And it's just like, it's so tight. You can't even access your cameras to do half the stuff. Oh, yeah. So, so even with just me and my girlfriend in there, it's like, man, having a bigger back seat, she's, she's super well versed with the camera too. So like both of us being able to just like spin around, grab whatever you need from the back seat, mm -hmm. and like shoot, I think is going to be, a huge upgrade for whatever vehicle I end up going with. So yeah, but nice. Yeah, just don't get a huge loud ass diesel and you'll be good. Yeah, <laughs> I never got why people and like who hunt a ton like get super noisy vehicles. It's it's funny like a lot of those full size pickups. So my four cylinder Tacoma, it's it's a pretty small like narrow wheelbase truck and like you can access all sorts of stuff that you can't really or would have a lot harder time with a full-size pickup so yeah. so that's the only downside of potentially going to a full-size truck is that it's like eh, it'd be harder to get into areas but anyway so. what uh what's your advice for someone that wants to get better at like dialing in their camera settings quickly because often on hunts like you gotta just pull up and like shoot that shot real quick yeah, yeah, I've been having people ask me that question a lot too and kind of asking like, oh, is that stuff included in the course? And we certainly do talk about camera settings in the course, but I think a lot of the course is more dry or more driven business, towards the, the yeah, business side of things. Sure. Like, hey, you have you already have these camera skills. Like now take it and like here's how to make money with it. Yeah. But anyway, so speaking to camera skills and I mean, for me it was, you know, I, I did have – a mentor, one of my buddies that I hunted with, Kyle Christensen, he was, he was a photographer. Um, and like, he'd always hand me the camera and that was kind of my intro to it. But as far as just like learning stuff, it's like every day be out there shooting. Mm -hmm. If you're, if you're afraid of manual, switch it to aperture. Aperture makes almost all the decisions for you. All you got to do is decide, Oh, do I want this shot at So whatever, say you have an F 2.8 to F 22 lens. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the number you decide and your, your camera will automatically select the shutter speed. Yeah. Um, that's a great way to learn if you're, if it's just super intimidating and then you can understand like, Oh, if I shoot at F 2.8, like I get like super shallow depth of field. Oh, if I shoot at a higher aperture, like I'll get a sun flare or I'll get mm -hmm. everything in perfect focus. Like, um, yeah, shooting on aperture priority is a, a great way to, to learn. Yeah. Um, and then, and actually, I mean, even, even now kind of depending on the situation, I'll shoot a lot in aperture priority on projects. If it's run and gun and there's constant light, ch lights changing wicked fast and it's like light, dark, light, dark. It's like, you know, I don't have a half second to like, or sometimes an eighth of a second to like make this adjustment in manual. Like, yeah, shooting manual, you can get a lot, you can get the perfect shot mm -hmm. in camera. Um, but sometimes it's, it's really hard to figure out what the light is doing in this millisecond and then adjust for it yeah. for the, the next millisecond. Yeah. So, so yeah, shooting aperture priorities, it really is, it can be a great way to, to learn as well as just bank shots and weird, crazy lighting. So for sure. I always shoot full manual. <laughs> Do you? Have you, have you always? <laughs> yeah. And I, and I like, I think when you mentioned it to me that you like to shoot an aperture priority a decent amount, I like tried it and like, it makes sense, but like, I just have always shot manual. So I just, so the other thing I don't I, have any reason yeah. to not, although yes, it could technically be quicker. Yeah. But I've just gotten so good at switching between photo and video all the time that like 
settings are just like yeah quick finger movements. yeah <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness but yeah the other thing so i'll do on to be honest like when i shot canon aperture priority on canons for whatever reason at least with the canon 70 5d 60 like it got the lighting damn near perfect every single time when I'd shoot on aperture priority. As soon as I switched yeah. to Sony, not the case. Hmm. Um, and so I, I, because of that, I was like, man, this thing isn't quite getting the settings the way I want. So I, I, I've been shooting a lot more manual just switching yeah. to Sony. Um, but one thing when you do shoot on aperture priority, depending on the camera, most cameras, they have an exposure compensation wheel. Hmm. So like if you know, like, like say you're shooting a, a scene that there's lots of, brights and there's shadows but it's like you want to expose for the shadows and your, your camera say you're shooting on aperture and it's exposing for the brights instead of switching to manual all you really have to do it's mm -hmm. not going to be like as exact as going to manual but basically just spin your exposure compensation yeah. wheel up to like plus one or plus two and then it's like bank mm -hmm. um so that that is that's kind of like the speed move for getting the light that you want or the ultimate it, speed move is just dragging move. some sliders in Lightroom, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that'll so be yeah. crazy. Maybe cameras one day will be so good that like every image is just black until you start like tweaking it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's just so much information. Like it doesn't even matter how you shot it. It's just, you can make it good. I mean, in theory, every camera, I mean, you, basically every photo could be an HDR image, so it would take an overexposed, properly exposed, and underexposed just all at the same time. Mm -hmm. I mean, why not have three sensors built into every single camera, and you, every time you press oh, the shutter, it's just crazy like, stuff, <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, that should be capable. New camera, so Sony Alpha 1, oh, yeah. out now. Yeah. It's pretty beasty. It's pretty beasty, yeah. It's, uh... You get it? I don't know. It, you know, it would be really nice. So I recently got the Sony A7S III, mm -hmm. and it's an amazing video camera. Oh, yeah. And it can do all that. It can do everything. But the photo specs are just, they're not great. It takes a mean photo, but if you're going to crop at all, oh yeah, you like lose, you just lose it. It's just like, ah. I like it. That's my own. That's the only camera that I personally own now. Oh, really? Nice. It makes you just shoot it perfect in camera, which makes yeah. you think about it more. Yeah. I mean, yes, if all I was going to do is photo work, I wouldn't <laughs> buy that camera, but I almost like that it only has 12 megapixels and like, yeah, that, that worked forever. I love when I put 128 gig memory card in and it's like, mm -hmm. you have like 3,500 photos. I'm like, oh, <laughs> so that's nice. <laughs> For sure. Obviously the, the 4K 120 is, eats up some serious memory card. But you still uh, have your R3? Uh, a seven. I got two a seven R threes. So what, what, honestly, the, the only really time I, I've run into a cropping issue with, with that camera so far is like we're in Arizona. We, we just came driving around this corner and there's 180 inch, oh, yeah. maybe bigger kind of buck stuff. just standing in the road. Yeah. So I got some phone scope footage of him and then I just, I threw on my Sony 200 to 600 lens on the a seven S three, which has a 12 megapixel sensor. And I took some photos, and I didn't even think twice. I mean, the, the buck was, I don't know, 400 yards away. Yeah. Far enough away that I needed to crop in to, like, you know, really and see that like, deer. And you're like, why didn't I put it on my other camera? I'm like, ah! Oh. Like, I had two Sony A7 or R3s <laughs> just sitting there, and those things got <laughs> huge sensors. And it's like, that that's honestly the only difference that I've seen. S3 here. said, grab me, dude. Put me in coach. Yeah, put me in. <laughs> <laughs> I've had every version of the A7S. Oh. Huh. 
Everyone's been dope, too. Yeah. Did the old versions have the record button on the top? Speaking of video, no, having was, the record button on like, the top is so nice. It was so like nice. the right corner, like just below the top, mm. you know, like yeah. right there. Yeah. It's throwing me off a little because the A7R3 is on the back. Right. And now it's on the top. Yeah. So far, I yeah, it took me a bit to figure it out, but on the top is actually better because often when I'm filming or, for, yeah, I'm, I'm using my thumb for something else. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm, so when I'm vlogging, I'm like when I'm talking into the camera, um, I have it on an auto setting. So it keeps the shutter speed at one fiftieth of a second. Mm-hmm. So double the frame rate. Yeah. Um, but when I'm like filming something else and maybe the camera is like, oh, I'm trying to overexpose, like the camera's trying to overexpose my shot way too much. I don't want it to do that. So with my thumb, I can like, sometimes I'll, I'll press the, the auto exposure lock button. I'll hold that. And then with my, with my trigger finger, I can press the record button so I can like get my exposure on a slightly, like on what I want. And then I can go to the actual image that I want to film. I don't, I wouldn't do that other than you don't set manual settings when you film. So I only, when I'm doing the vlog, (laughs) when I, (laughs) when you're pointing it at yourself, when I point it at myself and you point it away, like, I don't well, yeah, no, when I point it away, I just, I don't have time often to like, you know, go to the certain settings. I do have, there's not oh, enough. Oh, I, yeah, I got you. I'm just saying when I'm like flipping on myself and then I flip it the other way and yeah, then it's like, ah, yeah, oh, yeah. crap. It's yeah. like, no, no, no. I got you. Yeah. yeah. So the don't idiot. throw me under the bus like that. Hey Jeez. man, I just seeing how you're doing <laughs> it, bro. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, unless it's a necessary thing, you should be doing manual when you do the video. You know that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's so. not. I wish there was more custom settings on the top. So right now I have my custom one is 24 frame per second mm-hmm. and like auto shutter. So it locks, it keeps the shutter at one fiftieth. And then my custom two is 120 frames per second, which honestly I could probably change out to manual. Cause anytime that I'm shooting 120, I would be doing, it's not like I'd be, you know, vlog style speed shooting speed. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's maybe I just answered my own question mm-hmm. there. But, but then anyway, then then option then number three is I do I set as aperture. So so I have so it goes it goes custom setting three two one and then on the lower end is manual. So when I when I <laughs> when I want to so sh- awesome because it's so interesting how differently people <laughs> use cameras. Like I just I've honestly it's the fastest way that I found yeah. to switch between settings and like not waste any time. So For when sure. I want when I want to switch to manual. Um, either photo or video, but pri- primarily when I'm switching to manual, I'm switching to manual to shoot photos. It's just like, it's mm-hmm. a, it's less twists and I'm in manual photo mode. Yeah. Just like that. And then video, video, and then another photo mode. And I, I only bounce back and forth between those settings. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll go into like S and Q if I'm shooting a, a daytime time lapse, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, Thank goodness the video and the manual is like right next to each other on the dial. You don't have to like do like a full half spin. Oh, do you used to? On R3s, you have to freaking spin it way to get to video. Like they're not right next to each other. They're not? Huh. Go to your camera. 7R3. I swear (laughs) they are. Anyway. (laughs) You probably have some like crazy like mode set up in there for you or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a. It's amazing what the customization you can do within these cameras to mm-hmm. really speed up your workflow. Oh yeah. It's not. I don't know. I, I. I know a lot of. And I've I've done this too. I've rented cameras just to like try them out. 
the, the problem with that is great because you can like, sweet, I can rent a camera and test out how fast it is and just kind of some of its more basic settings. But it's like until you've spent a month with that camera and kind of figured out and tweaked the settings to your style of shooting, like you can't really optimize those mm. things, in my opinion. You can't like, like I can't, you can't like, optimize it for like field shooting, but you can optimize the camera's ability. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 You can't optimize it towards like how exactly how you want to sure. get it rolling. So, yeah. but yeah, since figuring out some of these custom settings and kind of how to rework them and it's been, uh, yeah, just a huge time save. Yeah. It allows you to capture photos a heck of a lot quicker than yeah. maybe before. So. Yeah, I would say if you're not using your custom menu options in your cameras, you're screwing up. Yeah. Like in the menu, like where you can like save items that you need to access a lot. Cause it's like there's so many settings you can't. You have to go into your menu. Yeah. And instead of freaking rolling through the whole thing, save a couple. Like yeah. I built out like a whole video menu and a whole photo menu. Cool, yeah. Just for like all the settings that I ever like have to change. So it's just like – right there yeah but yeah it's interesting everybody's just freaking jamming on their camera all different yep <laughs> but it's good though i mean anybody that does that clearly they spend mm -hmm. a lot of time with their camera it's a yeah. pro versus amateur you've actually like found out how you like to use your gear yeah yep. no doubt yeah i think if people want to get better at doing settings you just gotta shoot more yeah, I mean, every day. People are like, stuff. oh, I'm not out that much. It's like, dude, take one photo in your house, and the first photo has to be perfect. Yeah. Think about everything that's going on before you adjust the settings. And I'm sure you're going to get a lot better within, like, 10 days at, like, all right, I know what this photo needs. Yeah. Because it just needs to be an extension of your brain. Yeah. Get that on a T-shirt. <laughs> extension of your brain. <laughs> this camera is an extension of my brain. <laughs> probably have some crazy artist make something wild for that one. Kay. What? Uh, what? Nothing's new in 2021 for you. Um, pitching more anyone's hunt projects. Trying to do the vlog like like full time right now, and like there's just lots of moving parts with my line of work as far like COVID is just an interesting year right so it's like part of the reason for vlogging or another reason for vlogging is just like hey here's something to do here's another way to put value out into the world like here's another way for me to just keep building mm -hmm. like some of my clients like I haven't done a single thing for them oh also when I was in so I was supposed to go down, go down to Mexico to go photograph and film a desert sheep hunt mm -hmm. and that hunt got canceled because of COVID so it's like just so many trips and stuff got canceled so for me right now it's like dang like what can I do like I you know I think all these clients they, they still want to do work together but it's like this year is just a crappy year yeah and so so it's like okay well I can vlog I can tell stuff about around what I'm doing and but now it's kind of like it's turned into a beast of its own it's like holy crap like this thing potentially has legs so, I, so I'm in a bit of a I wouldn't even say it's a transitionary period because right now I'm just like full on vlogging because that's yeah. that's what I can do right now and that's what's creating value. So it's like, you know, once things settle down with COVID, hopefully sooner than later, it'll just be interesting to see where brands move as far as like what they want to do with photographers and whatnot. And yeah, not saying I don't want to, I, I, I love photography. I want to keep doing that. But it's like, well, if that for some reason doesn't pan out, like maybe I continue this video and vlogging side of things so yeah. so it's yeah it's kind of a, it's an interesting time i guess so 
Um, video. Yeah. Bro. I yeah. still like photography. You got to be able to do both. You really do. Yeah. Brands these days, they want, they don't want just one thing or the other. Yeah. I mean, at least every project that I've pitched or done in the last five years, it's even like my photo retainers, there's video deliverables associated with every single one of them. Whether it's Instagram story type clips or whether it's just like, hey, like we want, can you put together like a 30 second montage of this? Yeah. And some of the clients are like, hey, we like, if you put together a video, like we want to, we just want to share this internally with the team to show like the cool stuff that our content creators are doing. I've heard that. I've also heard like, um, well, like some brands are like, hey, like, yeah, create a 30 second reel and like, you know, we'll share this as kind of a stoke piece towards like this story that we had to go shoot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they all want video. It all comes down to distribution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really does, though. It really does, yeah. Because they're not going to ask for stuff unless they know they're going to use it ideally. Yeah. It's a good thing to think of when you're pitching projects, too. It's like, don't just pitch, don't just pitch a cool idea. It's like, pitch the distribution. Oh, distribution yeah. distribution like, should be for sure part of it. Yeah. Or if you know that the brand is like, hey, holy crap, this brand distributes content in all these different channels. It's like, sweet, when you pitch mm-hmm. a project pitch it so that it like covers all these different channels that you know that they're promoting on. So for sure, common sense, just look at what your client does and do that and tell them what they're supposed to do. And they're not doing that's, that's what yeah. I do. Totally. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of clients are, I, I hear this a lot, like whether you're a photographer or designer or, or whatever, like someone reaches like a brand reaches out to you and it's like, they don't really know what they want. They don't really provide that much direction. Mm-hmm. And like, that can be uh, that can be frustrating as a photographer because you're like I don't know, like what am I supposed to go shoot but it's like if if you know the brand well enough you you know like okay I'm just gonna go out there and shoot a bunch of really badass stuff mm-hmm. and I'm gonna like show them what they probably didn't didn't even think that they think of or yeah. think that they wanted so so it's like when someone reaches out and they're like oh we don't really know it's like there's an opportunity for you you're like okay well hey what about this what about this yeah because if you sit there and wait for like them to tell you what they want they might never do that because they, maybe they don't even know what they want they don't know it's, they it's amazing not that many brands know what they want there, there's a few out there that are getting really dialed in but even then it's like th- that's kind of the beauty of like photography and hunting is like crazy stuff happens out there mm-hmm. that you could never imagine oh yeah we're just like crazy ass light i mean there's just like beautiful amazing things that happen when you're out photographing hunting especially that it's like yeah that, that, i don't know to me that's that's one of my favorite things about it is you never quite know what you're getting yourself into or like what what you might end up capturing. It's great to have a shot list and you should always have a shot list, especially shooting for brands. But as far as like the adventure side of things, like, you know, crazy stuff happens. So. Mm. Yeah, that's why it makes it hard video editing because then you have so many shots that look sweet. Yeah. But they don't make any sense together. You're like, ah. <laughs> 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 uh. Uh, highlight reel. Yeah, I know. Bunch of random This elk clips. film, I just pieced it together in a timeline as like a whole like rough cut, you know, where I get to see all the segments together. I'll send you a cut when I have it, like a YouTube link. I want to see what you think. But I'm like, <sighs> How long is like, it? It's going to be dope. Like I haven't done any color. There's no like audio sound effects. There's no like final like video, like clip by clip, like editing like fine tuning you know um so obviously we'll get better but it's like uh, it's the only bad part is like you get to weird stages of the edit where you're like i don't even want to do this anymore <laughs> i want to go shoot the next one yeah but you're like no 
Uh, yeah, 45 minutes is a long time. That's how long it is right now? Yeah. Huh. You keep it was going to be a three-part series and then also a full film. Okay. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to get some feedback on it. Gotcha. Yeah. Is this going to be distributed somewhere, or can it you It was going to be distributed through Instagram. By a via brand? Via, like, brand channels. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. And then be live on YouTube and email and, like... Nice. They'll, they'll be individual teasers for each brand and stories and nice hype content all all things yeah uh sorry sorry you're doing that but yeah. yeah okay but the film's longer than i wanted it to be i want it to be like 21 minutes yeah so it's like twice as long cool. so now i gotta like a little bit reevaluate the distribution yeah which sucks because i'm spending way more time on this thing than it's worth yeah but it's like you took the project on you gotta like finish it out yeah totally. which is a good learning experience yeah. every project is but some of them are a lot easier than others this one's been tough but it'll be sweet yeah have you ever hired an editor mm -mm. yeah i just kind of wonder what that looks like mm, i'm sure it's dope yeah you just gotta find someone that you like yeah some people would edit uh hunt's footage and you'd be like that was sick. I want you to do more. And some other people, you'd be like, yeah, I'll do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> I just like being involved in the entire process, which is a little tough to progress because you're like doing everything. But yeah, yeah, it's hard to scale. It's hard to just do, you know, multiple mm -hmm. projects. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at right now with these kind of, again, everything, the vlog, anyone's not, whatever. I, I'm getting a lot more proficient at editing and it, it's really fun. I do enjoy mm -hmm. it, but it's like, man, if I had like an editor, and also someone, you know, maybe this uh, someone that was shooting and editing at the same time and shooting photos, like, you know, kind of a little. Then you really have to be in the spotlight even more. Whew. Your only job would be to be in front of the camera. I know. That's kind of the scary part about it. It's kind of like, oh, boy. Yuck. Just male modeling 24-7. <laughs> I know. My girlfriend makes fun of me because <clears throat> in the elk film, I'm, like, changing layers of the truck and, like, for a split second, like, my shirt's off. And then we, <laughs> at Stone Glacier, all of our pants have these big side zips, which are awesome when you're hunting. But it means, like, a lot of the times, like, the zipper's open. And, like, you can just see my whole thigh and, like, just a little bit of my boxer. She's making fun of me, saying, like, I'm pretty much a male model. I'm like, <laughs> you're not wrong because technically, yes, I am in front of the camera. And technically, people are going to want to buy this gear because it's working. Like, it's good gear. It's dope. So you're not your wrong, but I don't like that. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it is funny. interesting. Yeah, the one part I I do. I don't know how to and then I I turn it back on him. Like when you when someone meets you and they ask about me, just say your boyfriend's a model. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's a photographer, a model. He makes some films. <laughs> Make it sound cool. One cool thing about being a quote model is that. Then, you know, as, as a photographer, if you get to go be the quote model, like you get to work with another photographer mm -hmm. and together you guys can usually make something pretty epic. Oh, yeah. So I, I've been on a lot of shoots in the last couple of years with other people that are photographers and it's, it's just like, everything's so much more seamless. You can get yeah. shots that you want. You don't have to go through this, uh, this like transition or this, this period where it's like the person is getting used to the camera. Yeah. Or like the model, sure. the subject's getting used to the camera. I've, a lot of my shoots that I went on early on or not even shoots just like 10 day hunts with like someone that I've never met. Yeah. I mean, it's been two days just like 
getting to know them and it's mm-hmm. so it's like hard to like oh man no just start shooting and because like you start shooting and they instantly shy away and it's like yeah. oh it's tough yeah so <sighs> benefit of shooting photographers they totally get it and oh, also yeah. if you just have that communication with your subjects on the front end it's all good yeah or if they do something you don't like or, or if you want them to just do something them. just communicate yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey hey glass glass left when you get yeah. up to that ridge up there, it's going to be epic. Hey, when you get up there, just look at that left basin first. You yeah. know, you're going to want to look over there. Because <laughs> <laughs> if they're looking dead away, it's a crappy shot. It's yeah. nothing. But if they're looking straight left. They get it. It looks good. That's why it's so nice to be a photographer when you're in front of the camera because you know what they're shooting and how to like best position yourself to make their life easier. Do you stick your butt out a little bit more? Oh, yeah, yeah. dude. I freaking <laughs> full side zip, try to get my thigh pulled all the way out, dude. No, but just like yeah. you're talking about, like knowing, like, hey, when I'm gonna sit here, like I'm gonna like put my gear down, like maybe like nicer, not just like slapped out, like garbage laying, you know, out, you know, like try to be a little more like thoughtful and put together sometimes, or just like the way that you glass, or like, mm-hmm. oh, I could sit here, I could sit here, both of them work for me, I'm gonna sit there, or like put camp here, like. Yeah. Things that don't really change your hunt at all, but you just have in your head, it's like 96% hunting, 4% what is the photographer doing yep. and how do I help them, yep. you know? So yeah. Buckling up straps on your pack, mm-hmm. like especially if you're, if you're shooting for a backpack company, like yeah. you want that thing to look dope. Actually like looking at like, oh, my, I have everything in my pack, but it's lumpy as hell. Like I got way too much stuff in the top and not in the bottom. It's like just, yeah, yeah. Make, it, make it look good. It'll probably actually ride better, too. Yeah, it's going to ride way better. I see people with the sloppiest packing of their packs, and I'm like, you're just doing yourself a huge disservice. Pack it in there right so it's close to your back. Your center of gravity is nice. It's not pulling on you, yeah. like tiring you out. It's like <laughs> where your pack right is a huge thing. It's crazy. It is crazy, yeah. You know, you know that, but a lot of people have janky pack distribution. Some of them are tough as nails, though. And I'm like, how do you, like, you could literally make your, your day, like, 20% easier. Like, just give me your backpack for 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah. Good, lots of little tips and gems there for anybody that's going out. to. We're going to call this podcast Tips and Gems. Tips and Gems. Well, I think that's it. I think so. That was good. I'm done talking. You done? I'm good. All right. Signing off. <laughs>